Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Hello and welcome to my final episode of 2021, episode 238, and it's my 37th Reflections episode. What a year it has been. For me, 2021 was a year of opportunity. Well, that was my chosen word that I used to guide me through. I took the opportunity to become a master NLP coach and a master NLP practitioner and a master timeline therapy and hypnosis practitioner too. I wrote 54 weekly blogs and Focus on Why became a top 1% global podcast and it's now downloaded in 100 countries. Just incredible. I've also recorded 114 episodes and released 105 of them, 18 of which have been my reflections episodes. Many more pioneers of purpose have shared why they do what they do on the show. And I've also had the opportunity to be a guest on 18 other global podcasts and shows, including Derek Arden's Monday Night Chat Show, which I've attended most weeks as a guest too. I have been a regular participant and host of Friday Coffee and Conversation, which is an informal online get together for professional speakers, mostly all professional speaking association members. I've read 42 books this year, with at least double that waiting for me to read next year. And I've created the opportunity for purpose-driven potential podcasters, my goodness, it's a lot of peas, to follow my eight-week Focus on Why LaunchPod group program. And I've also worked with 30 podcasters separately on a one-to-one basis to help them launch or relaunch their shows. All have done amazingly, and it's been an absolute joy to see their shows thrive. And as a life purpose coach, I've had the wonderful opportunity and privilege to guide 50 people to lead a life full of purpose. I've also assisted David Henson as his vice president and showcase coordinator for the Southeast region of the Professional Speaking Association. And I've just taken over the reins as president for next year. With my good friend, Joe Lightfoot, together, we have held 39 weekly accountability sessions throughout the year. And we're going to continue into next year, too, because it's been such a great process listening to each other each week, seeing what we're doing and helping each other guide through what we want to achieve and how we want to achieve that. It's been a busy year for me for masterminds too. I'm a member of three professional speaking masterminds and a brand and marketing mastermind with Rob Moore. And I've had the opportunity to learn from many other experts and peers across different industries. I also run my own podcasting mastermind and a property mastermind. For me, masterminds have always been and continue to be incredibly powerful and produce wonderful opportunities. For example, five years ago to the day, having just read Rich Woman by Kim Kiyosaki over the Christmas holiday of 2016, I was inspired to set up a property mastermind group. This December, we celebrated the end of our fifth year and the beginning of our sixth year together. 
Over the last five years, we've met every month in person or virtually to share our wins, our challenges, our learnings and our commitments for the following month. We've all experienced a variety of ups and downs, but one thing that has remained consistent throughout these years is the overriding unconditional support that we have all provided one another. I consider myself grateful to be able to share my property journey with these incredible women, to be held accountable for my plans and to continue problem solving together to collectively achieve our individual goals. And I've branched out from working solely on property now, having launched a new podcast and my new coaching business. And I reflect on how true the words of Bill Gates are, that most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. If I just think about what I've achieved in the last five years, I am so excited for what's going to happen in the next five. And this group of women, it's incredible. Reflecting on our achievements this year, we should all be so proud of what we've accomplished, especially how a casual conversation changed a life for a whole family a few years ago. Let me set the scene. It was an open evening at my son's school and I was talking to another parent whilst waiting for our sons to finish showing prospective parents around the school. And one of the the dads there asked me what I'd been up to recently. And I said that I had just started to build a property portfolio which would enable my husband to retire and that I'd set a goal for three years time to achieve this. His mouth dropped and he simply said that I needed to talk to his wife as soon as possible. We had lunch a few days later and I shared my plan with her recommended a few books to get started and a property course to get herself educated and absolutely joined my mastermind group. Fast forward three years and a whole lot of work and a beautiful bunch of flowers arrived on my doorstep in March this year with a card of thanks for the help and support I'd given her over all the years to help her to achieve her goal of building the property portfolio which has since enabled her husband to retire. Simply by sharing why I do what I do with others allows people to see just what is possible to achieve when you have a purpose, a plan and a strong focus on why. So what else did I do in 2021? Well, I studied with Dr. Linda Shaw on her neuroscience professional development program. I added a little more humour to my work after learning from one of the best in the industry, Jeremy Nicholas, in his Talking Funny program. Julie Creffield guided me through how to deliver a one-to-many group program. I also bid for and was successful at the Professional Speaking Association charity auction to spend a book writing day with Sue Richardson, which was fantastic. My book will now be a focus and a priority for next year, and I have committed time each day to writing. I had the opportunity to speak about podcasting at the Going for Growth National Annual Convention in October of the PSA. I've joined a six-month mastermind called Critique Club with Steve Buston after also attending and helping him behind the scenes on his monthly speech club Zoom sessions, which have been so interesting. And to close out the year, I also attended the Red Team Thinking Bootcamp with Marcus Dimbleby and Bryce Hoffman, and I'll share some of my learnings later. On a personal note, there were several significant milestones in my family this year. My dad turned 70, my daughter Holly turned 18, my son Eddie turned 16 and my wonderful husband John turned 50. It was also our 20 year wedding anniversary. So 2021 was a big year for us. It was a year of A-levels and GCSEs and I then discovered the true meaning of an emptiness as Holly fled and went to uni. I managed to travel to see my father and brother in France a sneaky trip in the summer in between all the different lockdowns that we've had. And John and I had a fabulous break in the summer to Hastings, 
but we also escaped out to Iceland too later in November this year. I helped to organise a fundraiser to raise £8,500 for the Anthony Fitzgerald Memorial Fund and I'm delighted to share that Eddie is recovering well from his emergency neurosurgery after his rugby accident and might even be playing rugby again from the end of January. Eek, I'm not sure if I'm ready, even if the consultant gives him the all clear. So in a year plagued by restrictions, knockbacks and lockdowns, I seem to have thrived, excelled and grown personally and professionally. It really has been a year full of opportunity. So what's my word for 2022? Have you chosen your word for 2022 yet? I've chosen adventure, or rather, adventure has chosen me. And I have some incredible plans in store. But for now, let's focus on today's reflections with actions. First up is episode 233. Refocus, re-energize and reconnect with Leon Bamforth. Leon very kindly helped me to prepare for my Speaker Factor final last year, Not only did he help me with the specifics of the talk, but he also pushed me as a speaker. Leon is an award-winning speaker. He won Speaker Factor in 2018, and he's a business consultant who's led and facilitated multi-million pound large-scale transformation programs for large and multinational corporations. Working in as well as with, business is a big part of what he does. Creating potential and reducing suffering is at the core of the work of commercial mediator, business consultant and professional speaker, Liam Bamforth. Using powerful reflective mediation, think through talking processes and a focus on why, Leon helps businesses to succeed by building connected teams that share visions and avoid nightmares. To do this, they first need to refocus, re-energize and reconnect. Who or what could benefit from a refocus? Who could you reconnect with and how will you re-energize yourself? Leon finds joy and purpose in his work and he helps others to find joy and purpose in their work too. Leon and I speak the same language, the language of communication, of purpose and of listening and reflection. He spoke of giants, specifically standing on the shoulders of giants a metaphor that you may know well, as it's been well popularised by the letter written by Isaac Newton back in 1675. However, its origins can be traced right back to the 12th century. Its meaning is simple, to learn from what has passed in history and leverage the understanding and knowledge gained from major thinkers of those who have lived previously in order to advance intelligently. Whose shoulders will you stand on? Or where are you, the giant, today? Go be that giant. Leon also drew a clear distinction between a focus on what was needed versus what was wanted. He spoke of emotional connection and of the chaos theory. Naturally, I've heard of the chaos theory before, especially in its well-known form of meteorologist Lorenz's butterfly effect back in 1961. The butterfly analogy of its minute action of a flap of its wings will compound and cause the formation of a hurricane the other side of the world. The paradox of chaos is that it is a science of predicting structure and patterns from what appears to be unpredictable, random, chaotic. Curiously, Leon was not the first person to introduce chaos to the podcast. Rob Moore spoke of chaos when you disrupt the market. Andrew Payne, Simon Pollard, Fergus Connolly, B&V, Lisa, Lisa Brown, Demetria Sloan, Tony J. Salimi and Maria Thompson have all spoke of chaos but it was Geoffrey Shaw who referenced Frederick Nietzsche. One must still have chaos in oneself to give birth to a dancing star. 
Jeffrey said that all creativity exists in chaos and he therefore likes to create a lot of chaos. Contrary to this, Maria Thompson does not like chaos. She likes order and systems. How about you? Do you thrive in chaos? Well, let's just leave chaos for now and move into a different space. More specifically, how about creating brave spaces? This is what Sarah Fox did in episode 234. Do good and do well is Sarah's call to action to say it is possible to do good in the world and be well and have a life that you love and not compromise on the impact that you make because you put yourself at the centre of the journey. Amplifying voices from those people who are not usually heard from the creative industries and with the philosophy of do good and do well. Sarah's contribution to the world is to bring forth the empowering role models in senior leadership that she at one time needed herself. Not afraid of change, acting as a catalyst for change makers, agents of change and leaders of change to make the world better. Every day, Sarah is doing so by creating brave spaces. Following a 20-year career in the not-for-profit arena, Sarah is now a coach, mentor and facilitator, supporting changemakers to put themselves at the centre of the journey so that they can make a big impact in the world and have a good life-work balance. How could you benefit from the do good and do well philosophy? How to be a changemaker without losing or depleting yourself in the process? That's the goal. In a week where we said goodbye to Archbishop Desmond Tutu, a South African Anglican bishop and theologian, known for his work as an anti-apartheid and human rights activist, there's a quote of his that I'm reflecting on today. In fact, I've been reminded of this quote all year, having seen it in Glennon Doyle's book Untamed, referenced there too. There comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. This is so current to what Sarah was talking about with her change makers. She also mentioned that she didn't have any role models in senior leadership whilst working. And this is something that I hear a lot of people say. Not enough people trailblazing the way in different industries. It has to start somewhere. So if you're thinking that you don't see anyone that you can model, then why not be that leader? Why not lead the way? Be the flag bearer, fly the torch, shine the light on what can be achieved. Be the hero that you wish you had. Be the champion of the field that you work in. And if this means going upstream to work out what the bigger problem is and who the persecutor is instead of rescuing the victims, then that's what's needed. That may well be your calling, your purpose, your reason for being. As with everything, it comes down to choice and creating a brave space for you to live a life of purpose, responsibility to make that difference. Sarah learned when and where to step back and where to step in. Her strength, she shared, was that she's not a perfectionist. She's not afraid of change or being fearful. She's intentional with her actions. She's self-empowered. She likes to be scared and therefore her comfort zone is ever-expanding. She's made peace with her own mortality. Have you? And quoting Annie Dillard, she said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. I've spoken about this so many times. You won't get back those moments that have just passed. No more filling in the moments, but create moments that are fulfilling instead. Create memories as your memories matter. Your life is a sequence of millions of moments all collated together to form your uniqueness. Memories are vital for you to learn and grow. Sarah questioned that what if our purpose in life is just to be us? Well, 
It could be just that. And the sooner you realize it, the more rich and wonderful your life will be. The thread you weave is just a beautiful one. And it may be weaker in spots and stronger in others. That's okay. Just like Tutu's river, there is a choice to be made at different points in life. With your river, there will be an ebb and flow to it. There will be points of sadness, of death, of disconnection, just as there will be points of beauty, of life and connection. How are you creating your own brave space? How is the world a better place for you and for others to thrive? What does your river look like? Are you in the water waiting to be saved? Or are you striding purposely up the bank looking to solve those problems? Next up is episode 235, Success Not Perfection with Andy Bounds. There are many events in my life that actually stop me in my tracks and I wonder how they've occurred and this is one of them. About eight years ago now, I don't recall the exact date, but I read a couple of books called The Snowball Effect and The Jelly Effect by Andy Bounds. I then subscribed to his weekly email newsletter and every single Tuesday since I've received his brief informative learnings and teachings. I started reading them out to my husband before he left for work in the mornings and he liked them so much that he subscribed himself to read on the train. I did not eight years ago ever foresee me inviting Andy onto my Focus on Why podcast to talk about the drive and motivation behind his missives. Isn't life wonderfully curious? Awarded the title Britain's Sales Trainer of the Year and described by AstraZeneca's Global Communication Director as a genius whose advice can't be ignored, Andy's insights and passion stem from the fact that his mother's blind. This has given him a lifetime's experience of communicating from someone else's point of view. It's a critical skill to master when persuading others. Andy's worked in 40 plus countries with some of the world's largest and most famous companies, as well as for governments, professional bodies and business experts. His core belief is afters drive everything. It's not what you say that counts. It's what people do differently after you've said it. They're not paying for the hour. They pay for what happens after the hour. And with a clear and simple maxim of communicate better and sell more, the focus is always on the desired outcome of an action or an agreement. And learning how to master the art of effective and efficient communication from a very young age, growing up with his blind mother, shows people how to adopt his brilliant technique of afters. With a long-lasting and positive impact on his clients, the power of afters is achieved through the process of success, not perfection. Afters is Andy's legacy to the world. What is it you want people to do after they've worked for you? Have you thought about this before? If not, it could totally change your whole perspective on how you communicate going forward. How do you want to be remembered? Are you aware of the positive impact you're having on the world? What is your legacy? What or who do you see when you look in the mirror? You see what you choose to see, just as you make of life what you choose to do or have on who you choose to be. What does legacy mean to you? For some, it is simply what you leave to others in your will. However, a legacy can be considered as far more than your money, estate or property. Your legacy is all about what you leave behind you in terms of how you'll be remembered and what you accomplished while you're alive. A legacy might be on knowledge, creations, innovations, love, memoirs, stories, recipes, heirlooms, or your values. A living legacy is how many people purposely choose to live in today's world. And with the advance of technology, it can now be digitalized forever. In fact, leaving a legacy helps you to come to terms with your own mortality. Knowing that you matter, that you'll be remembered, and that you've made a difference in the world 
is a core human need. Through my podcast, I choose to gift the world with a living legacy of inspiration, insight and knowledge to create positive ripple effects. Focus on Why is the living library of pioneers of purpose and each episode is unique and will in some way encourage you to change your perspective or open your mind to possibilities and opportunities as you reimagine your future, giving you a unique opportunity to learn, to improve and to adapt your attitude to decision making. A legacy has always been my why, said Manj Mahal. Be something in your life. Focus on why, episode 94. 40% of my podcast guests have mentioned legacy as being part of their life purpose. It would appear that a living legacy is an important way of living. Impact, influence and inspiration are key ways that they all leaving their mark on others in their lifetime and beyond. I very much refer to it as living your legacy, So rather than living your life hoping to leave a legacy, that actually you're living your legacy right now. My work is all around enabling other people to see how they can become more significant. Sylvia Baldock, Becoming More Significant, Focus on Why episode 132. Living each day becomes your legacy. Learning from the past and carving your path for the future, shaped by how you spend each moment of each day. Without choosing to leave a legacy, you may lack a sense of purpose or meaning in life. So take time out from your busy daily life to reevaluate what is truly your life course and whether you perhaps have drifted off course. Every one of us has a power to affect change. First, you need to self-reflect and challenge yourself to be selfless and be motivated to help others. Meaning in life is what you choose to make of it. You have a choice. Life is all about the people you meet and the concepts you create with them. What we do together today will shape the way we live tomorrow. So I ask you one question. What legacy will you create today? My next reflection is from episode 236, Written in the Stars with Sajna Rahman. And it's essentially a focus on the importance of your habits. As we near the new year, let me plant a seed in your mind. What habit from your future self will you start today? Sajna said, become the person you want to become now and you'll gravitate towards who you're going to become. The task that I would give people is to take one habit from that future self and practice that now. Hitting rock bottom was the beginning of a new life for Sajna Rahman. Making the decision to do well in her career, Sajna focused on a clear vision, a purpose and a plan. Unlocking her purpose, Sajna took herself on a spiritual journey of self-awareness that she walked in faith to achieve. Vibrationally aligning with what she truly believed, one night in Bangladesh, she lay on a house rooftop with her husband, looking up at the stars. Together they reflected on their lives and started to build a new picture of their future. Seven years later, they got everything that they had that night written in the stars. Sajna transitioned from being an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur at the end of 2019 and has now built a global coaching and speaking business through the pandemic. To leave behind a successful career after 24 years was one of the scariest decisions that she ever had ever made. However, it transpired to be the best leap for her as she now truly feels fulfilled in her professional and personal life. With 2022 almost upon us, today's reflection is not about New Year's resolutions, it's about habits. Don't underestimate what you need to do to create your new life. As Sajna shared, the secret to overnight success takes years of hard work. It takes time to create something great. 
As John Hayward, the 16th century playwright, said, Rome was not built in one day. But James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, went on to add from his book, but they were laying bricks every hour. Rome is just the result. The bricks are the system. The system is greater than the goal. Focusing on your habits is far more important than worrying about your outcomes. So Rome wasn't built in a day. We know that. And neither is your life. It takes time, patience, knowledge, successful habits, systemization, enthusiasm and positivity. It requires action to be taken every day to achieve your goals. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. You have the power to change your life by changing your choices. Your choices shape your actions until they become habits, where practice makes them permanent. Your daily habits can work for you or against you. Small, imperceptible changes compound over time. So today, you have the opportunity to look at your habits and make those changes that will change the course of your life. Start small. Focus on making small changes in your life, knowing that if you focus on just one thing each day as a minimum, that action will take you closer to achieving your goals. That is why knowing your purpose and having a plan are so crucial. Otherwise, there is no map, no direction, no focus. The difference between those who make success achieve their aim or purpose and those who do not lies in the fact that successful people are willing to do what unsuccessful people are not. They keep going because they have a plan and a purpose. They build successful habits and they keep them. Your habits will determine your future, says Jack Canfield. Build the habits that are right for you. Enjoy your habits. Allow them to bring you joy. Remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. Build your Rome one small habit at a time. Carpe diem. Like Sarah, Sajna spoke of the importance of a strong role model to help her to navigate her career. She had a mentor in her business. However, she also sought the guidance from another mentor. Standing on the shoulder of giants, Leon Banfour style, Sajna found inner spiritual guidance from a book. A book she felt strongly connected to as it spoke to her directly. That book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Hill said that both success and failure are largely the results of habit. Have you read Think and Grow Rich? I highly recommend that you do and perhaps several times over. I'm rereading it again right now, having been sparked from my conversation with Sajna. And I shared some of my insights from this book recently in episode 226. I chose the title for Sajna's episode to be written in the stars because Sajna had stared up into the night sky and planned out her life. There is a quote in Napoleon Hill's book that I think is particularly relevant. Awake, arise and assert yourself, you dreamers of the world. Your star is now in ascendancy. Another reflection Sajna mentioned the four states of consciousness or levels of awareness which are relevant in the pursuit of your life of purpose. This model is not attributed to a single origin with many authors, however it's likely to be based on the work of Maslow. When life happens to me, you feel helpless, powerless, that you are being victimised. Someone or something has the power for change to happen. The next state is that you have control over everything. This is when life happens by me. Then you discover a reason for being, a purpose in life, and you're motivated from a higher power. This is when life happens through me. Next is when life happens as me, and there is no separation between you and spirit and others as you're acting as one. You're operating from compassion and are an extension of everything. Diana Chapman, 
Jim Dethmer and Kaylee Warner-Clamp, authors of The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, estimate that 97% of people spend 90% of their time in the to-me and by-me states. This means that they're operating from states of fear or, from, or mistrust, as opposed to love and trust. As it was for Sajna, unlocking your purpose can be a spiritual journey. It is a journey of self-awareness where you're continually growing. Sajna said, you vibrationally align with what you truly believe, and it's all about having that vision first. Remember, Sajna and I have both encouraged you to look at your habits and your beliefs and see if they are working for you. Are they serving you truly? Take a look at your results and do a self-audit. And my final reflection today is 237, Who Thinks Wins with Marcus Dimbleby? Another focus on making a difference on the world, this time through the work of red team thinking. In today's 21st century world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity, VUCA, with the added extra element of hyperconnectivity, there's a need for plans with optionality for businesses to survive and thrive, enabling all those within organisations with the capabilities to use their brains to achieve effective immediate efficacy and instant applicability, Marcus Zimbleby is a champion of red team thinking. Marcus empowers you to raise your head above the power pit, to be heard, to voice your thoughts, to challenge the status quo, to disrupt yourself and to have the courage to think and behave like the CEO. You don't have to have a red team in your organisation. You just need to all be red team thinking because ultimately, who thinks wins? Marcus said, you need diversity of thought, which comes from a span of your organisation, different individuals, different backgrounds, experiences, ethnicity, understanding, gender. Bring them together, source the wisdom of that crowd, and you're going to just unleash greatness. Marcus is the VP at Red Team Thinking, and he helps organisations to navigate today's complex world by engaging critical thinking and enabling diversity of thought. He's a retired Royal Air Force officer, and he spent time serving as a fighter controller and served with the Royal Marines, Royal Navy and the US Marine Corps, with whom he deployed to Iraq in 2003. In his final tour, he worked closely with the Cabinet Office to create and execute the air security plan for the 2012 London Olympics. After the RAF, Marcus moved into the corporate world, initially working for a global consultancy before moving on to support major business transformations, engaging leadership to deal with the complexity of today's business environment and enabling people to reclaim the role of thinker. Now, at this point, I want to explain that I met Marcus Dimbleby on one of Derek Arden's chat shows, and he was sharing that he had a boot camp in December, which I attended. It was a three hour session and it was the first level of red team thinking. And although I barely scraped the surface of its capability, I am a big fan of red team thinking and have already used some of the tools this month when working with my clients. In its use, I have created a mindset awareness shift and a deep understanding of thinking differently because red team thinking is both a mindset and a set of tools. Marcus spoke of satisficing, saying that the brain is lazy and will decide on or pursue a course of action that will satisfy the minimum requirements necessary to achieve a particular goal. He also spoke of the biases that affect us. Combine the two and we could find ourselves in a lot of trouble. Whether you're a big business or a small business, none of us is smart as all of us. A reference to Kenneth Blanchard, the one minute manager. 
who said that to get your business into shape and achieve business goals, you need to combine the talents and different ways of looking at things with the results of a motivated team. Did you notice a couple of other concepts that Marcus dropped into the conversation? If not, I'll share them with you. The first was a Kinevin framework, which draws on research into systems theory, complexity theory, network theory, learning theories, and chaos theory, and applies to business of the 21st century. And Kinevin is spelt C-Y-N-E-F-I-N. And it is the Welsh word for habitat or place, or the place of your multiple belongings, cultural, religious, geographic, or tribal, for example. And it was created by Dave Snowden when he was working for IBM Global Services. And it has four quadrants, complex, complicated, chaotic and simple, or now referred to as obvious. And there's a link in the show notes where Dave Snowden explains the original Kneffen framework. And it's well worth watching. And I've also put a link in there for the episode on the Thinking Leader podcast, which he's recorded with Bryce Hoffman, where he talks about the four stage approach which can help leaders better manage complexity and why smaller adaptive systems initiate change to to improve your position. It's really fascinating and well worth looking in. The other concept was Kaizen, which is the Toyota-style continuous improvement on a monthly basis of test, learn, and see what works. And it's a unique way of thinking. Kaizen is a Japanese term meaning change for the better or continuous improvement. There's a Japanese business philosophy regarding processes that continuously improve operations and involve all of the employees in the process. It is implemented to ensure maximum quality, the elimination of waste and improvements in efficiency, both in terms of equipment and work procedures. With Toyota's Always a Better Way microscript, Kaizen is one of the core principles of the Toyota production system, where there is a quest for continuous improvement. With Kaizen, it enables Toyota to humanize the workplace, empowering individual members to identify areas for improvement and suggesting practical solutions. Kaizen begins in the early designs of a production line and continues throughout its lifetime of use by a process of consensus known as nemawashi. Another new word for me, nemawashi means laying the groundwork or foundation. It's the first step in the decision-making process. Marcus also referenced Arnie Schwarzenegger talking about there's no plan B. If you haven't heard Arnie talk about this in his pursuit to success, I've put the link in the show notes, but it's summarizing his Arnie's six rules of success here. Rule number one was to have a vision and a purpose. I'm with you there, Arnie. Number two, don't listen to the naysayers. It's only impossible until you make it possible. Rule number three, work your ass off. Spend one hour per day to improve, learn or exercise. Sleep faster, organize your day and use every minute available to you. Rule number four, only have a plan A because then you'll make it work no matter what. Plan B detracts from plan A. Rule number five, don't be afraid to fail. Winners are those who fail and get up, fail and get up, fail and get up. Rule number six, think what you can do today to help someone else be generous. So with Arnie, there is no plan B. With red team thinking, there is planning with optionality. There are in fact multiple plans. And as their strapline goes for the Thinking Leaders podcast, bad leaders react, good leaders plan and great leaders think. Red team thinking doesn't make a better plan. It makes your plan better. After all, who thinks wins? If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. 
If you like to win but think you can't, it is almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in a state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you could ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but soon or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. Walter D. Wintle, The Man Who Thinks He Can. Thinking back to Leon's reflection of standing on the shoulders of giants, ways of working has changed over the years. Red team thinking started in 400 BC with Socrates and we can certainly leverage knowledge from the centuries past. How do we bring our thinking into the 21st century? As Marcus said, you don't need to have a red team in your organisation. You just need everyone to be red team thinking. Stand on the shoulders of giants, disrupt, reflect, refocus, re-energize and reconnect. Create brave spaces for you and others around you. Seek success, not perfection, and see what it is that you have written in the stars. And remember, who thinks wins. So after a year that focused on opportunity, now the adventure begins. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcast five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.